Captain, we have them. We've established Transporter Lock, the Star Trek podcast. Join Ken and Sabriel each week as they explore strange new episodes, seek out new plots and new characters, and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Hello and welcome to Transporter Lock. I'm Captain Sabriel Maston coming down with the space cold, so my space voice is not necessarily the space best. And as usual, I'm joined by Captain or Captain Chief Engineer Ken Gagney. How's it going, Mr. Gagney? I refuse this promotion. I do not want this promotion. And <laughs> Captain I will Chief. <laughs> I will actively work to lose it if you force it upon me. Thank you though. Well, how about we work towards that by um why don't you tell us about Dragon Con? You went to Dragon Con. This will be your way to demotion. <laughs> I went to my first ever Dragon Con. You've been to Dragon Con, right? Yeah, I have. Back in 2016, I think. Back then, some time anyway. That was your first and only? 2016, 17, yeah, first and only. Yeah, so I, I went this year. I went by myself. I've been to cons this big, PAX East, but I've never been to a con this big by myself. And also, Dragon Con is split across five hotels, not one convention <laughs> it's center. huge. Yeah, I was very disoriented for the first day or two. I even went on the newbie tour and was still confused. <laughs> but after like a day or two, I figured it out. So it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I will say that I was in the minority of people who were not cosplaying. Uh, that's, that's what I've been telling people. I always felt like the minority. Yep. Mm-hmm. However, the very first full day I was there there was a huge contingent of people dressed as Barbie from the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Weird. I wonder why. Odd timing. Have you seen the Barbie no, movie? No, not yet. I want to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I don't think it's much of a spoiler that almost all the women in the movie are named Barbie. Uh-huh. Almost all the guys in the movie are named Ken. Uh-huh. And so it sort of organically happened that all these Barbies recreated the first scene in the movie, where if anybody saw somebody dressed in pink and said, hi, Barbie, they would respond. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Uh-huh. You know, and there were some gender assumptions because if it was a woman, they'd say, hi, Barbie. Or if it was a guy, they'd say, hi, Ken. So I could go up to any person in pink at this convention where I knew nobody <laughs> and say, hi, Barbie. And they would say, hi, Ken. <laughs> and it made me feel a little bit more at home. That's awesome. Yeah. I even showed one Barbie my name tag and she's like, oh my God, you're an actual Ken. Can I get my photo with you? <laughs> And then at one point, I was walking down a line because there was a very long line to get into the vendor hall. And somebody says, hi, Ken. And I just ignore them. But they were like, Ken, hi. And I was like, oh, it's actually somebody I know. (laughs) I just got used to tuning out that phrase. But Uh this was somebody who was saying hi to me, an actual Ken. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, But there were a lot of Star Trek people there, mostly Discovery and Strange New Worlds. I didn't see anybody from Voyager, uh, The Next Generation, Enterprise. A lot of Trekkies in the audience as well. In fact, the very first session I went to, I met another Star Trek podcaster. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't realize there was another Star Trek podcast. <laughs> There's a few. Oh, uh, that's weird. Th- this one, just like yours and mine, is co-hosted. And he, and just like how you and I started off by focusing on Discovery, his show, he and his co-host, they focus on Voyager. Uh-huh. So, so we got to chatting a little bit. Uh, I gave him my card, and he he appreciated my phone case, mm-hmm. um, which, as you can see, because you're on video right now, is me as a Discovery character, and you have a matching one. Uh, I didn't get his card, but I, I I'm trying to remember his name. I, it was like Garrett something. Wong. Um, yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He seems like a nice guy. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I met uh, Garrett Wang from Voyager, who plays Harry Kim, and his show, of course, <laughs> is the Delta Flyers, plural. There's another show called the Delta Flyer, singular, and that's not. Oh, his. really? I didn't realize that. Yeah. They both talk about the old boy? <laughs> uh, I, I guess, perhaps. But we, we <laughs> chatted a bit, me and Garrett, and he is just so approachable and so nice. And the only question I had for him. Now, one thing to know for the context of this entire Dragon Con, there's a writer strike and an actor strike. And nobody could talk about their shows. Mm-hmm. So I had one question for Garrett. I said, Garrett, you're going to be 56 in November, right? He's like, yeah. I said, do you moisturize? Because you look, look like you just stepped off the Paramount set. <laughs> and he said, well, Ken, I don't drink and I stay out of the sun. <laughs> I was like, all right, I got one of those. I'm going to stay young too. <laughs> uh, all the other panels, the questions were moderated through Discord. So people could submit questions mm-hmm. and the moderator on stage could read them because they can't have people being handed the mic and saying, in this episode of Star Trek, and the actor was like, we can't talk about that. So sometimes uh-huh. the questions were modified. Like somebody might submit a question and be like, what was it like to audition for Star Trek? And the moderator might say, tell us about your audition process. How do you go into audition? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are a lot of like just human interest questions. Like if you were, uh, what's your go-to Starbucks order? Or if you were one of the planeteers, which one would you be? <laughs> Uh, so, if you were on a sci-fi themed TV show being lost out in space and in the fourth episode of the second season. <laughs> I, sometimes they kind of like talked around it. They're like, oh, on this show, that sounds like Mermovery. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is a, a first uh-huh. discovery. What? Right. You know, uh, no, that's still fun. That's, and I'm glad they were able to both be there and still just be themselves. Probably like kind of a nice break to actually talk about themselves instead of, the show to some extent some of them thought it was a nice change one person even said oh every con- convention should be like this but one panel mm-hmm. which was not a star trek panel uh i was in the audience and it was early in the morning not a lot of people in the audience so i submitted a question on discord and i said what's your favorite breakfast what, what, what do you usually get for breakfast and there were three actors on the panel and two of them answered and the third one didn't volunteer wasn't prompted just sat there silently And then later on, they were talking about their audition process. And that third actor who was silent previously just got into this great narrative about his audition experiences and what it's like and like how he knew he wanted to be an actor. And he was just going on and on. He interrupted himself at one point and said, I'm sorry, I monopolized, but this is why we're here. I don't want to talk about what we had for breakfast. Uh And I I felt very small. I'm sure. But then I reminded myself that I didn't ask him that question. The moderator did. I have no idea who it was. Right. And well, not only that, but after he was done this long narrative and they were ready for the next question, the moderator asked, what's your go-to Starbucks order? And -hmm. I was like, he just said, that's not why he's here. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there were so many weird moments. Like at one point, the question was, if you could be a fly on the wall during any conversation in history, what would it be? And uh, Celia Rose Gooding, who plays Ahura, they said that they wanted to be there when Martin Luther King Jr. asked Nichelle Nichols to stay on Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Peck, who plays Spock, said he wanted to be there when the paperclip was invented. <laughs> it's like, what? Because well, it was uh, probably Vulcan. Yeah, it was just... It was just they invented I, Velcro, I, so... But I couldn't tell if he was like trying to be funny or just like he thought the question was stupid. But then, well, you like... See. <laughs> 
Well, you're, you're leading us right into a very short checks by accident. Yes, yes, but I'm See, not directly. There, there are a few more things I want to share. Um, at one point, the question was, who on the show that you're on would you do shrooms with? <laughs> and Anson Mount said, who on the show haven't I done shrooms with? Uh, and then awesome. later... And then later the question was, if you could go back in time to any period, what would it be? And Celia Rose Gooding said, well, there's really no period that's good for me mm-hmm. as you know, a, a, a person of color and a woman. But uh-huh. like, uh, I think they said like, oh, I would love, I love the fashion of the 80s. And Christina Chong said, oh, I love the fashion of the 70s. I would go back to that. And uh-huh. Anson Mount said, I would go back and meet Jesus. I mean, go big and, or go home. Meet Jesus, <laughs> do shrooms with Jesus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot of interesting stuff like Celia Rose Gooding. This was this is their second job ever being mm, on Strange what? New Worlds. Wow. <laughs> They're like twenty years old. I don't think they've gone to college. The rest uh, of the cast is like almost forty. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Are they that old? If, if not older. Bunch of the cast are just a little few years younger than me. Oh gosh. Okay. It's weird seeing people who are younger than us. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. One one thing about oh, about Celia Rose Gooding that I didn't know is that their dad died on 9-11 in the South Tower. Oh, I didn't know. Wow. And Celia's mom was eight and a half months pregnant with Celia's sister. Mm-hmm. So neither of them ever knew their dad. And then Celia Rose Gooding goes on to be on Strange New Worlds where Hemmer plays the father figure uh-huh. who then dies. Wow, can feel a drop in personal experience. Yeah, that was very, I mean, on one level, Gooding feels like they never really lost anything in the first place because they never had it. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, losing Hemmer was like, oh, this must have been what it would have been like to lose my dad. So it was very yeah. cathartic in some ways. Wow. Yeah. And then Garrett Wong was the moderator. It was just him and Celia because it was the last day and everybody else had gone home. Uh-huh. And he wasn't taking any questions from discord. It turned out that he didn't have discord on his phone. He was oh, just doing uh-huh. his own questions. So somebody from the audience went up and gave him her phone and he read all the questions in there. And the very last question was to Celia Rose Gooding, will you sing something for us? Uh, and they and did. They, did the and yeah. they sang and it made Garrett Wong cry. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That he cried. It's awesome that he cried. No, that's awesome that they did that. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I got to meet a lot of the actors at their booths. There was the option to get an autograph for money, get mm-hmm. a selfie for money, do both for a discounted price, or get a professional photo for mm-hmm. a lot of money. So I did a professional photo with the Discovery cast, which was uh, Kayla Detmer, Dr. Kolber, uh, Gray Tall, and Captain Pike. Mm-hmm. And then I did the Strange New Worlds cast, which was Captain Pike again, uh, La'an, Spock, and Ahura. Oh, that's great. And then I did selfies with some of those same people like Wilson. Oh, Wilson Cruz. Uh, I mentioned uh-huh. him, Dr. Culber. I, he was so nice. And I gave him, a, I asked, can I hug you? And he did. He let me. He's only the second actor I've ever asked to hug. The first one being Carol Spinney, who played Big Bird. Oh, there were people from Firefly there and also the Oroville. So those were great panels. I could go on all day. There was also a George Takei was there, but mm-hmm. yeah, Dragon Con was great. It was a little overwhelming. Don't know that I'll go back. Very glad I did go. Yeah. You also saw some nice jackets there, didn't you? Yes, that's right. I went to the vendor hall, 
where you bought your lovely torque that you are mm -hmm. often wearing around your neck. And I didn't buy much because I'm a nomad and my lifestyle does not, uh, my lifestyle does not lend itself to buying more things, but it was just so fascinating to see all the wonderful stuff that was there, including some wonderful jackets by Volante design. David Volante, uh, the founder of the company was on a previous episode of transporter lock talking about his long history with star Trek and how it inspired him to start this company where you can buy star Trek officially licensed jackets. These are not necessarily cosplay. These are jackets that you can wear every day. They're meant for daily use, but they're inspired and themed by star Trek. So if you're looking for a jacket that is high end and high quality, you can get one at DragonCon or at their website, which is volantedesign.us. I'll include a link in the show notes. They have other themes as well. Assassin's Creed, Devil May Cry, and of course, Star Trek. There's an original cyberpunk line that they've created. And if you use discount code TRANSPORTER, as in transporter lock, you get 10% off your order. So that's TRANSPORTER, all caps. 10% is a nice deal on those two for those beautiful jackets. Yeah, 10% adds up. Uh, it's because these jackets are really high quality. I got to try one on not only at Dragon Con and at PAX East where I first mm -hmm. met them, but also our friend Amanda, who's been on this show, has one of her own, which is clearly not cut for me. But even <laughs> trying that on, I could tell how nice it would be to have one that is my shape and size. So again, volantedesign.us transporter is your discount code for 10% off. Awesome. Uh, some quick news bites. Uh, I found out this week that Lower Decks is self-censored. Um, a lot of people assume that it's from higher-ups between um, censoring Boimler's crotch to all the swearing. Uh, no, a lot of times they just think it's funnier to do it themselves. And I think they're right. You don't, a lot of times you think you know what they're saying when they're swearing, but you don't always know. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's just fun. It adds to it. Interesting. I think that was always my assumption. I, I think I did too, but a lot of people don't. But I guess I didn't really think about it too deeply either. Huh. It's kind of okay. All and right. For, for me, for there to be for it to be censored would imply the existence of an uncensored original. Mm -hmm. you know? And I guess I the I guess I the voice actors they're saying something in the phone, uh -huh. in the voice booth or whatever the sound booth. They're not saying bleep bleep bleep. But yeah, I just assume that they're like, oh, you know, say whatever you want because it's going to be censored. Mm -hmm. oh. uh, I just thought it was fun news. That was nothing deep to go into there. I just, but I do agree. Like a lot of it is funnier when you just think you know what they say. Or, right. Mm -hmm. Did you ever play Thimbleweed Park? I never did. So that I is a, it, just never did. It's a point-and-click adventure game from the co-creator of Maniac Mansion and Monkey Island. And there is a clown who swears a lot, and it's all bleeped out. And then they released DLC where you can unbleep him. <laughs> I've I've never tried it. I don't think that DLC is available for the Nintendo Switch of all systems. <laughs> but yeah, that so maybe someday we will get an uncensored DVD Blu-ray cut. Uh, it actually might be on the Blu-rays. I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, and also um, this kind of leads into the episodes this week. But um, we had Star Trek Day since we last recorded, yes. which was um, a very minor event because of the strike and all that going on. But they did announce um, five very short trucks that would be coming out playing homage to the animated series and Lower Decks because Star Trek Prodigy doesn't exist. 
And the animated series is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of fun while they're doing that. So, yeah. Um, uh, I watched these. Uh, my first reaction was very similar to yours, WTF. But then I sat and thought about them for a bit. And now I absolutely love them. I've watched them each one like three times now. I think they're hilarious. I've watched Skin a Cat twice and I've watched The Holiday Party three times. And that's all in the last like 20 hours. Each one is only about three minutes, so it's not a huge commitment out of your life. But uh-huh. yeah, I saw there's a somebody on YouTube who has their own YouTube channel, uh, Big Trekkie. They did a nine minute video, which I did not watch. I only read the headline, which was mm-hmm. very short treks doesn't understand what Star Trek is about. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I care. <laughs> <laughs> So it's very short checks to me. I mean, because what it's intended to be is an homage to the animated series. And uh, not necessarily in the ridiculous humor. The ridiculous humor um, is done because uh, the same people who did um, Too Many Cooks, that whole little parody thing that was a few years ago, making fun of like the Full House a bit on YouTube, like the 10 minute TV show intro or whatever it was. Uh, apparently, they're the same people doing the very short checks here and their style of weird humor. But like all the weirdness in the animated series and like the things like the wrong uniforms, wrong coloring, odd things is a total homage to an animated series because they would do that, not intentionally. Sure, they are, of course. And um, it's interesting to me the people who don't get that because, you know, the minority of people have actually seen the animated series. I don't think you have, right? I have the whole series on Blu-ray and I've seen uh-huh. maybe two episodes. Okay, yeah, I've barely seen any. So like I saw someone complaining like Saru's uniform in this week's episode is wrong. I'm like, well, that's the joke. Um, he's got a future uniform, even though it's in the past. Like it's it's hilarious to me. And then like but you see it's funny because normally he, Jensen has legs. <laughs> right. That's the blooper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I am impressed that they got the original actors. Because that was clearly Ethan Peck, mm-hmm. and it was Saru. Who was playing? Like, what character was the captain in Skin a Cat? That wasn't Kirk. Uh, that was supposed to be Kirk, but it was not actually anybody who we know voicing Kirk. Weird. I mean, they just call in the credits. He's called Captain, so it could be oh. anybody. But it's supposed to be Kirk. I mean, like, you just you're supposed to get the mentality of Kirk. But like, the, the, so Captain Kirk likes chicken fingers and playing Risk and game shows. Uh, it, these are not canon. <laughs> Oh, they're not. <laughs> These are never, not canon. <laughs> I never would have known. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed these. I knew that they were coming out, but I uh-huh. didn't know when or where until you texted me last night, at which point the first one had been out for six days. The second one had come out a day earlier. So, of course, I sat down and I binged them. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh my gosh, the holiday party is so Spock. Like, it, it could almost be canon. <laughs> yeah, and like and just some of the reactions like a horror like after the very first blooper she just says spock no <laughs> that's it that's spock no <laughs> and the actor who plays hammer was back which was great yep. because mm-hmm. we knew that hammer was coming back in a way and we assumed that that was him playing the klingon captain in the musical episode but maybe well, and, and zombie hammer yes but maybe so that's three different ways he's come back. And this is the most Hemmer because this is the only of those three instances where he had lines as Hemmer. Right. That Well, well, we won't get the technologies, but yes, he's back. So and I love hearing him. So I just like, I, guess I need a drink. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, whatever. Somebody get me a drink. And then he was laughing like, ah, <laughs> spork. <laughs> it's so good. So apparently, um, I, I've seen a picture, a screen cap of one with Riker playing uh, saxophone or whatever. No, no, a trumpet. Uh, horn. There we go. Uh, and then um, apparently there's a Lower Decks one coming. And so I was, it, it, oh, I was so hoping we would get to see the Lower Decks characters as the animated series. We might. I don't know for sure. Um, so all I know is that uh, there's a Lower Decks themed one at least. Well, I don't know the animation style. And Riker is going to show up somewhere. Um, I have, let's see, we've got a few more episodes left. We've got three more episodes left. The next one is Worst Contact. They come out on Wednesdays. Okay. Uh, so like three more episodes. The next three Wednesdays through October 4th. And these are all free and on YouTube. So in addition to the VolanteDesign.us link, discount code TRANSPORT, <laughs> we will also include in the show notes for this episode embeds of the YouTube videos for awesome. very short treks. So you can watch the very short treks right on transporterlock.com. Awesome. Yeah, Star Trek's YouTube channel there. And all of that kind of leads right into we're talking about more animated series. We're talking about three episodes rapid fire this week because schedules and my sickness last week made it so we couldn't talk about the first two. So let's get started. Let's start with two Vicks. Yeah. <laughs> of Lower Decks. Yeah, it wasn't just your schedule for what it's worth because shortly after, so I was wasted from Dragon Con and not in like the pharmaceutical sense. I was just really tired. And then I got in my car and drove for two days from atlanta to massachusetts so i didn't watch lower decks until a week after season four uh-huh. premiered so I, I basically watched all three episodes together and now as you've always said you love this series but you don't mm-hmm. find it to be of significant substance to warrant discussion so we should probably be able to get through all three of these in the next half hour let's rock and roll uh start off with two mix it's voyager we've got freaky <laughs> And of course, even though it's spelled differently, they had to pronounce it the same. So now we have to ask, which Tuvix episode are you talking mm-hmm. about? I think if you you know. <laughs> Context, you know. Yes. But um, and this is Lower Decks Tuvix, T-W-O-V-I-X. I love this. This is Star Trek finally adjusts Janeway's actions on Voyager. <laughs> I was like, uh, <laughs> Janeway didn't mess around. <laughs> she <yeah>. murdered. <laughs> they, they finally acknowledge that. Uh, there. This is the second time this year we have seen Voyager because it was also in Picard. Yeah, uh, they did not go aboard the Voyager, but also season three of Lower Decks, which I don't even remember when it was anymore. It feels like yesterday. They went to Deep Space Nine, and mm-hmm. the actors who played Kira and Quark were there. Uh huh. What do you think about the fact that they went to Voyager and none of the Voyager actors were on this episode? Oh, I don't care. It doesn't mean anything to me. I think it's... I, I really thought we would see the doctor. I, I think he would have fit the most. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been on brand but since they're dealing with a macro virus. And since he's kind of integrated into the ship and hollow emitters were placed throughout the ship, he would have fit right in. But I also don't want to assume that the doctor being recognized as a published author is limited to this museum piece. Remind me, when is this set? Is it before Picard season three? Yeah, I think it's before before Picard. Like the Romulan stuff hasn't happened yet because we all saw them in the second episode. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. That's right. So this means that Voyager like is not yet 15, in the ship museum. It's like 10, 15 years after um, like Voyager ended or something like that. It's not very long actually after 
Yeah, I've looked this up at some point. I think you're right. Yeah, I just forgotten. Yeah. But um so this episode kind of reminded me of when I got into comics in the mid 90s. Right when I was getting into them, there was this event where DC Comics characters merged with Marvel Comics characters. Mm-hmm. One from each morphed or into each other and formed one new superhero. So Wolverine and Batman became Dark Claw. Superman and Captain America became Super Soldier. Uh-huh. Spider-Man and Superboy became Spider-Boy. The villains, Bizarro and Carnage, became Bizarnage. So that's what this episode reminded me of. And I was really hoping we'd get to see more of the merged characters and who they were merging with. Sometimes I was left to try to figure out which two characters those are. Uh-huh. But... Like, for example, I would have loved to see Rutherford and Tendi merge or Boimler and Mariner merge. See, that's interesting. To me, I was like, I didn't, to me, it wasn't the fact that who they merged with was part of interesting. I just thought it was funny that they people were merged. And I never thought, even never, never oh. occurred to me to have our ins- or lieutenants, um, I guess Ensign still at this point to be merged. It's weird to me. I just never occurred to me, even both episodes, like, times I've watched it. I think the first Fantastic Four film that came out, the one with uh, which Chris is it that plays Captain America? Chris Evans. Yeah, he was in the first Fantastic yeah. Four. Yeah, he was Flame Johnny on. Storm. Yeah, and at the end of that movie, I think they merged all their powers into one like super fantastic person. And I kind of wanted to see that. They're like, oh, the only way to fight all these merged people is to merge ourselves. <laughs> you know, kind of like those Transformers that turn into one giant robot. Like a Megazord. Like I want to. Yes. Yeah. Or no, I think that's Power Rangers. Uh-huh. <laughs> but like, I want to see one mega lower deck character. Like by our powers combined. But I am Captain. Wait, no, that's a rank. Uh <laughs> But I still like the episode. That's good stuff. I, I I realized partway through, or actually after the viewing, poor to Illups had an ace person merge with a sex fiend. Oh, that's right. It's like when, when Shaq's asked, like, that. how much do you remember? The eyes go, <gasps> like, how much physical memory do you have? Some things you cannot unsee. <laughs> uh, we got space lizards and Borg space lizards. Yeah, little robotic Janeway and uh, what's his name? Paris. You know, being controlled by a macro nanite. <laughs> that was from like the first season too. Or one of the earlier seasons. There's a huge macro virus running around. Oh, on Voyager? Uh-huh. Yep. I was surprised. I That's the only part of this episode, actually. Of all the things that happened in this episode, the fact that there was still a macro virus on Voyager after all the time. <laughs> That's what I found most unbelievable. Um, I love seeing Chaotica. Uh, the clown was unexpected. And Michael Sullivan, I miss my wife. <laughs> I loved Michael McKean, who played the clown in the Voyager episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised they didn't get him back. I mean, he's a pretty famous actor. He is still alive, of course. But yeah, it was a it was a fun episode. It was fun to see all these characters. It's kind of like if you took all of season three of Picard and condensed it into one episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, let's see how many old characters we can get back. Is it Moriarty? Is it the clown? It's everybody. You know, it's funny you say that. I've seen so many people comment that Lower Decks episode of um, Strange New Worlds did like 
Picard, like entire seasons of Picard, better in just one episode, <laughs> just like time travel yeah. and things like that. Like, just it just made me think of those conversations I've seen multiple times. Yeah, yeah, there were definitely some. A friend of mine just watched season two of Picard, and she felt like I don't even want to watch season three at this <laughs> point. And I told her season two is Picard's worst. Season three is its best. So it it does get better. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay, maybe I will keep going. Unfortunately, Picard season three, they never used the Neelix cheese to fix everything. <laughs> My friend Dana, who's been on the show before, she texted me uh, and I asked, I asked her, have you seen Lower Decks yet? Because I had not. And she wrote back and said, yes, I'm familiar with Neelix cheese. <laughs> and I was like, I, what? I, did, I, did, I just wrote back and said, no spoilers. <laughs> But okay, Neelix cheese. I love the cutouts they had, the models, uh-huh. uh, the mannequins that they were carrying around. That was great. Oh, so what was the Harry comment? Like the worn costume? It's some collector term. I, yeah. I got to kick out of that. And you guys to see Harry's clarinet as this space virus is playing the clarinet as it's going, honk, 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 as it's flying through. That's what that yeah. was. I couldn't figure that out. Okay. Oh, <laughs> poor Harry. <laughs> Oh, and they even they merged somebody with a whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. not my best work. <laughs> <laughs> and have you ever played the video game Inside? No. It's sort of a sequel to Limbo. Uh-uh. The end wait, of wait, that wait. game is kind of. Is that the one where you get a blob of bodies, or is that Limbo was the first or the blob of bodies? No, that's Inside. Okay. I never yeah. played it, but I saw that's... people play it. Yeah, that's kind of what happened in this episode of Lower Decks. <laughs> I like that their solution to completely skirt the whole issue of do we murder them is just to merge everyone into them to a, a non-sentient like entity. Yeah. Perfect solution. Yeah. At this point, it's just meat. <laughs> Let's just carve it up. And you can identify DNA by personality. Like, how are you even scanning for personality? <laughs> how does that work? Oh, this part of you is kind. That must be. Oh it was ridiculous, but I agree. Right. And we get a new end. We get a new character. Well, this is season of our Vulcan. Oh, Talyn. Yeah, Talyn. I love Talyn. Yeah, she she transferred in at the end of last season. Right, right. Um, the lower decks character, which we saw. Um, we'll get there. I don't. Know, I'll get there in a minute. But um, yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about the thread that connects all these episodes after we talk about the individual uh, episodes. But, so everyone but Rutherford was promoted to lieutenant junior grade. And we find out why in the next episode uh-huh. uh, later this season. And then um, we end with what we'll talk about in a bit, where we set up for our assume our season enemies. Uh, anything more you want to yep. talk about, Tuvix? No, let's talk about I have no bones, yet I must flee. Yes, uh, we opened with the Derrick's class ship, the way they were intended to, intended to be when they were originally designed for next generation, sideways. <laughs> Did you not know that? Did not know that. The uh, I don't think I don't think I noticed anything strange about the ship. Oh, oh, Romu- the Romulan ship at the opening. It was um like going up like, like okay, let's assume next generation version of the ship is the default, because that's what we know. Where the big green ship mm-hmm. comes out, it looks like a big bird. Mm-hmm. The original design was not supposed to be horizontal, it's supposed to be vertical. And they're like, Oh, it doesn't oh. look as good on the ships or show, so we're gonna change that back to vertical or horizontal. Huh. So they got to fix it here. No, just a great little homage to that little fact that barely anyone knows. Didn't even notice. You probably wouldn't have. Most people wouldn't. <laughs> but oh. I did. Yeah, but I'm not most people. <laughs> I, I, I noticed some things. <laughs> I, I noticed too much stupid things about Star Trek. 
No, that's why you're here. That's why I love doing the show with you. I always learn something new. Um, then uh, this is another Mariner story, mostly. Yep, Mariner is once again actively trying to get demoted. Like, this is not the first time we've seen this self-destructive behavior be like on her. Every part. season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But this time she is forced to stick with it. It turned out it was just another one of those soap opera miscommunications where rather than confront the person directly, you just make assumptions and then make major decisions based on those assumptions. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> uh, you'd be surprised. Uh, Shaxx and Ransom stretching in the uh, outfits that Troy yes. and uh, Crusher were wearing next gen. <laughs> I did notice that. I picked up on that and it was very... I felt very confused. It was so <laughs> it was hilarious. It was great. I love the Shaq stuck with Tana. Tana um, being like distant sometimes. Have you tried, have you tried scratching <laughs> on the door on, on the on the of bed? Of course, I tried that. <laughs> I I've said this before, but I love how they're not just portraying her as a cat-like alien race. In many ways, she just is a uh-huh. cat, like completely different biosphere she was raised in, yet so much like the human cat. Mm-hmm. Not that cats are human, but the Earth cat. I think Tana is one of my favorite Star Trek doctors. Just so funny, like the, the mixture of McCoy and um, uh, season two next gen Pulaski, and just like the perfect combination. Even like the last episode, Tubix, um, is like, do you want to use the transporter? Yeah, beat stick in the shuttle. <laughs> It's completely opposite of um, Bones or Koi, but uh, just hilarious the way right. she, she says it. Oh, I just love Tana so much. I was kind of surprised when she said that because I know she's supposed to be very much like McCoy and he hated uh-huh. the transporters. When she said, oh yeah, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. She's still her own person, <laughs> I guess. And this episode also had another new character who I think was very heavily inspired by Pikachu. <laughs> It was so cute. Moopsie. Moopsie's so adorable. I can't believe they don't have any toys for Moopsie. I'm surprised that Captain Pike hasn't unleashed a Moopsie on the Gorn. <laughs> like, that's your secret right? weapon right there. It's like triples. No, Moopsie. <laughs> Moopsie. Yeah, I, I kind of figured at the very beginning that the humans in the zoo, they didn't look excited when Mariner and Cruz oh, no, showed not up. At all. So I thought that was suspicious. And so I was I was surprised when Mariner said she didn't unleash Moopsie. But when Ransom said, I believe you, then that made me believe her. Uh-huh. And that made me think it was the humans in the zoo. Absolutely. Like, yeah, like, they, they were totally trying to set you up to think that she did it. Like the show was. Mm-hmm. It was like it cuts away to her looking at Moopsie, like looking all evil and then cuts away. Like totally meant to make it look like it was Mariner sabotaging things again. Of course. But all Moopsie wants is just to eat, eat some tea. Moopsie. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had that B-plot between Rutherford and Livick. <laughs> Livick. <laughs> Newman. I was just like, Rutherford's like, yeah, because well, everyone got their promotion, so everyone's getting new rooms. And Rutherford's still an ensign. There's a whole setup there. And so, like, Rutherford's like, yeah, I got demoted. I, I've got lots of promotions I've just turned down, just so I can be with Tandy. Like, aw. But, um, it'll be easy for me to get a promotion. No problem. <laughs> Do you think that those two characters have romantic interest in each other? They hint at it every now and then, and then they don't. I mean, like last season, it was kind of seen to be leaning that way. And this season, I'm not sure anymore. Because even I think at the end of season two, Rutherford was like, I'm taking extra 
core memory backups of all my experiences with Tendi because I don't want to forget those. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that for his other friends. And yet, I remember how you felt at the end of season one of Prodigy when they finally shipped those two characters. And I'm like, I don't know that they need to be shipped. They're such good friends. Are you talking about um, Jennifer and Mariner? No, at the end of season one of Prodigy, I said. Oh, Prodigy. I don't remember anymore, honestly. Not Lower Decks. <laughs> honestly, I don't remember anymore. It was the, it was the captain character that you hated, uh-huh. the annoying brat of a kid, and the daughter of the villain. Oh, yeah, they're totally trying to get them together. I don't want it to. And they to. did at the uh-huh. end. And they kiss at the end of season yeah, they one. Don't, no, they don't need to do that. And, right, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I just got angry again. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I have that effect on you. <laughs> Not at you, at them. <laughs> no, I know. But if I know how to make you angry, eventually it will turn Stupid on me. Stupid ships. <laughs> Honestly. Ships of the line. I want that wall calendar. <laughs> Not this ship. Don't give me any of this ship. But yeah. I, I think of the three episodes of Lower Decks that have aired so far. This is the one I have the least to say about. Yeah, it is quite a the lower one. I mean, I think but uh, that's probably why they aired it together with... Like, even though they're not going to have much content for a while, they put two episodes together, probably for a reason. But I know there's still some fun things here. We're also like a Boimler trying to get his new quarters. Like, the whole, like, at the same time, Rutherford's trying to get a promotion and just increasing the engines by, like, 0.06%. Um, Boimler goes into his new room and, and uh, it's which is right next to the engines and he's just blinded by the light. And um, it was hilarious. And I'm all, honestly, all the time, I was thinking, just put the shades up, just put the shades up. He never did until Rutherford gets there at the end. Um, like, who puts the quarters between two holodecks? <laughs> Which reminds me, in the very first episode that we already talked about, Rutherford, not Rutherford, Boimler was on holodeck cleanup. Uh-huh. I haven't done that since like first season. I was talking to somebody once, I or just recently, I forget who it was. Maybe it was somebody at Dragon Con, but they said that out of like nine hundred episodes of Star Trek. There's only been one that was realistic. And it was when Barkley was addicted to the mm-hmm. holodeck. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I was like, oh yeah, they never do really deal with what goes on in the holodeck. Yeah. I mean, humanity can't be that evolved. We all know what Riker was doing. Dude. <laughs> we all know. Yeah, <laughs> and yet so many crewmen leave their programs unprotected and unlocked so that anybody can run yep. them. That is that is <laughs> that weird. is bad security. Yeah, like like LaForge and Leah Brahms. Mm-hmm. Like anybody can Leah Brahms can go watch that. And she did, and that's weird. These engines are me, LaJordi. Uh, <laughs> Do you love every the engines? Time you touch the ship, you're touching <laughs> me. Alright, shall I move on to the Oh wait, Rutherford had there was a whole thing about the tubes. The, the, the light tubes that don't do anything, that they were a classic um sci-fi prop. That they even referenced the movie Airplane 2. Like, I don't know what they do, but they <laughs> And now we have three of them. <laughs> I I actually kind of liked it when Boimler was trying to sleep in the Jeffries tubes. Mm-hmm. I know those aren't the tubes you're talking about, but I was like, that actually looks kind of cozy. <laughs> you know, it's almost like camping. It's kind of neat and actually looked more spacious than I remember. I was surprised that Rutherford was actually ducking to get through there. I was like, I think you could just kind of crouch. Uh, um, no, Voyager, they were probably the biggest and they were still rough, but everything the, the guys on low or Delta flyers has said, like working in those tubes was the worst like for your knees, because they were just hard, hard plastic, hard metal. They couldn't give them any padding. 
with their knees. And so it was just, everyone hated working in those Jeffrey's tubes. I got to crawl through an actual Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. Um, when you went to do the it set was, tour? It, no, when I went to do the museum at the Space Needle in Seattle, mm-hmm. like six or seven years ago, they had an entire Star Trek museum. It was almost like the first half of the Star Trek experience at the Hilton. Uh-huh. Like it was that degree of museum with actual ships and uniforms and costumes that were used going all the way back to the 60s. And part of what they had there was a Jeffrey's tube. Which series? I don't remember. I probably TNG. If it was a climb up one, it was probably it was next original series. Any other ones, it was probably crawl. It was crawl. Okay. Yeah. Crawl. Um, but then at the end of the episode, uh, we find out Ransom is actually like, no, Mariner, I'm sticking with you. You're not going to force me to do this. You are going to get the attention yep. you need, basically. Yep. And it's like, okay. I guess he's not a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, in the cradle of Vexalon. We have, yeah, finally, a benevolent AI. The one that's not trying to kill everyone. Though. Uh, I love we have the... Wow, a really interesting dynamic to introduce here. The Coruscantians, our culture, artists, and poets. Not like anything we've seen before. <laughs> if you don't get the joke, every race or, or species of people that Voyager meets or any Star Trek people meet, like, we used to be a culture of artists and poets. Even even uh, the Vidians used to say that. So um, uh, it's basically just a trope that they always go back to. <laughs> oh, okay. I did not pick gotcha. up on that. So we have a benevolent AI that is just 6 million years behind an OS update. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently the original creators who are now long gone created this update, but never installed it. Looks like which it was weird. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And after 6 million years, it finally caught up. Well, to it's because no, it wasn't, it, because they didn't install it because they all turned into fifth dimensional beings. That was quite a day. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> that does happen. <laughs> um, fifth dimensional being is a term that comes up multiple times in lower decks oddly enough <laughs> um that and koala and koala we'll get there in a minute here um koala even showed up in strange new worlds um yes but, but in the opening credits. um this ring thing i didn't realize how much of a larry niven yeah i didn't realize that this person was the creator of this thing I, i've known it's the trope in sci-fi since then but i didn't know it was created by someone like in the 50s 60s yep ring world i've read that book it's basically like the video game Halo. Right, right, right. Like, that's the things referenced it. Just never, never knew the origin. Yep. Um, I love that the interface for this uh, computer had massive floppy disks. Basically, an old. It was basically an old rock work, workstation. Cracked me up. Yeah the 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 whole computer interface. Like as somebody who grew up with old computers and still enjoys old computers and has been to museums that have like big iron as they call the really old computers. This was kind of fun to, for me to see. <laughs> the safe mode and there. Yeah. it was hilarious. Um, yeah. Those power cores that uh, Lieutenant Boimler, or Junior Grade Boimler was having to, well, Boimler over here, the whole thing was he's trying, he's got his first mission where he's in command of a bunch of ensigns and he won't let them do it because he's scared of them getting hurt and anything, something going wrong. And, but, um, which was great in itself. We'll get more there. Those power cores, they look like, they looked like engines from NX01, didn't they? Or do you remember that even? I did. Okay, first thing I thought of was those look like NX01 engines. <laughs> but 
that's all I got to there. Uh, <laughs> but Boimler, being scared to death of hurting them, just ends up doing all the work himself. Well, there was also, in addition to what Boimler was doing and what the captain was doing, there was also back on the ship. There was them scanning all those isolinear chips. Uh, yeah, I can jump to that. Um, that was total hazing. I knew it. I was with Tendi right from the start. <laughs> I believed the guy when he said he was trapped in the game of Chula for a month. Uh-huh. I didn't think Starfleet officers would do hazing, but I love that they had Chula there uh-huh. and they had to do like a la meringue, a la meringue. <laughs> Lemon meringue. Because, <laughs> because they were doing that in the DS9 documentary. They were doing it at Dragon Con. <laughs> like this thing is legendary. And here it is finally being referenced in a canonical series again. <laughs> get Rutherford speed running the whole thing. It's like, we know. <laughs> I'm a Star Trek fan. Of course, I know how to get through this. Uh, jump through things, go to eat the food, and jump off the cliff. Let's go. <laughs> It makes me want to go back and rewatch that episode because I remember enjoying it. I love the movie Jumanji, and that's basically Star Trek Jumanji. I suppose it is. I hadn't thought of it that way. <laughs> you know, I said this, I made this observation at the Dragon Con because there was a panel I went to where all the audience voted. We came up with like 16 episodes of Star Trek that we all hated. Uh-huh. And then we did like a, a bracket to figure out which one was the worst. And that was one of them. And I was like, isn't this just Star Trek Jumanji? And everybody was like, Oh yeah, I guess it is. And I'm just surprised. Like I've had that <laughs> comparison in my head for 25 years. And every time I share it, somebody's like, I never thought of it. You no, know, I've never been close to Jumanji. So maybe that's why I never, it's never in my head. I've seen it once. And it was, I was way after the age group that it was intended for at the time. Or, or I, I didn't uh, watch it when it was in a cultural thing. And so that's more, probably a better way to say it. See, I've seen the original twice. There have been two sequels, uh-huh. one of which I've seen. There is also a sort of a spinoff called Zathura or something like that. Mm-hmm. A similar board game uh, set in the same universe. But, oh, by the way, the last, so they did that 16 game bracket uh-huh. or TV show episode last year. And the winner was Sub Rosa. Yep. Awful episode. That was the worst episode. This year, it came down to Sub Rosa and Spock's brain. Uh-huh. And Spock's brain was those. Those would absolutely. Fit. I'm glad Threshold wasn't in the end there. It was among the sixteen, as was Prophet and Lace, mm-hmm. and I think another episode of Enterprise where Archer got like spat on by Gorn eggs and ended up trying to. The Zindi eggs one, yep. one. Zindi uh-huh, eggs, uh-huh. yep. So that that was one of them. Uh, there was the. I think Turnabout Intruder, uh-huh. where yep, Kirk and the gal, Captain Kirk switches brains with a woman and. Like, this, she could never be this, captain. She's a woman. The series finale, the original series. Um, yep. I still swear, so, Threshold's a better episode until the last five minutes or ten minutes. It was a good episode until then. A lot of people said um, that. A lot of people said that. Yep. Um, uh, let's see. Boimler dies! Again. Twice he died in this episode. Yeah. This is the first time he's what died. The first time? He died twice right in a row. He died from the explosion. Oh, that's right. Uh, and we get... <laughs> We get to see Shax's Black Mountain, which has been referenced by multiple characters. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's through the window. Yeah, when Shax died, he comes back and tells Rutherford about about the Black Mountain. Right. And then we get a whole Twin Peaks scene (laughs) where the koala appears and is speaking backward to Boimler. Apparently, he said, it's not your time, Bradward. Oh, I wondered what that sound was. I didn't bother trying to play it backward. Uh, I didn't either. This is me just reading off the internet. But I know the reference. I just didn't know what he was saying. like Twin Peaks, yep. I love Twin Peaks, and so I caught them. But they were going for him immediately, uh, like the Black Lodge, the Black Mountain, and um, hmm. 
that was hilarious. I did not expect that, honestly. I completely out of my mind. Like, <laughs> and then <laughs> Tana, <laughs> after Boimler dies again, <laughs> give me 50 cc's of whatever it was that worked the first time. Like, <laughs> I love Tana so much. <laughs> She's pretty great. Um, and obviously she wouldn't have made that request if she didn't know it was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is a good doctor. Uh-huh. Or, or well, yeah, she's a good, a good doctor. Um, we get the beta soy gift box too. Which was great. Uh, sadly not played by Armin Shimmerman this time. Um, it was the first time. Oh, is he who played it the first uh-huh. time? It, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He played a Ferengi first in season one. Well, earlier in the season. And then he was the gift box. I'm going to shut up there. Uh, you'll see his face. If you look at the original... You'll see his face immediately when you know it's him. Um, oh, okay. Um, it's been a hot minute. And then, um, yeah, it was hazing. Um, after all, the nice linear chips. I love that. Like how you didn't know about the secret button that shows the second wall. <laughs> oh, nice linear chips. That was again? great. Um, oh, oh, did I lose you again? Can you hear me? You're more still than normal. <sighs> I think you can't hear me anymore. I see you typing. I don't know if you can hear me. Okay. Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hi. Hello. Oh, well, hopefully this doesn't screw anything up. Can you? Oh, yes, I'm talking to you. Um, Oh, I can't see Uh or hear you. I don't know why I just typed that because you just said you (laughs) I don't need to repeat myself in written text. Um, Let me. I'm going to hit the pause button in Zencaster uh-huh. and I'm, I'll try refreshing. By the way, I'm a little concerned because it says we've been recording for only 26 minutes on this side and it says we see we have 93 minutes left. So those do add up to 120, uh-huh. but it's not consistent with what you have, which is like an hour of recording. 53, oh. So we may have lost some audio and we may be about to lose it again. Yeah, uh-huh. 50, see, 53. Um, you see, it says we have 120 minutes left, and we've been recording for five seconds. Oh, I see uh, recording. For 54 yeah, minutes? 53, 20, 30 right now. We might end up with your audio track is 54 minutes long, and mine is like a minute. That's not going to be no. good. All right. I don't think I have anything else to say about that um, episode. Let's see. Uh. Yeah, so we get the computer fixed. Uh, find out it was hazing. Um, I think uh, our uh, Vulcan is acclimating to the clue, clue pretty well. And the clue. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm excited for continuing episodes. And there is some hint at what the enemy is this season. Uh, what's there one? Well, tell us about the hint. Well, that ship going around destroying other ships. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it seems to be targeting lower decks characters because there was that whole Romulan Klingon Borg lower deck character thing last uh-huh. season, and now there's a ship going around destroying all those characters. Yes, and next, I next, wonder if next we're gonna see um, uh, a Vulcan. What's her name again? 
Talana or Talin. Talin's ship get destroyed. I hope not. And maybe that Borg it ship. It might be Talin. It might be Borg. It might the be the Packleds. Weren't there also some Packleds? Uh-huh. Yep. And so, and I swear that face, the ship looks like a face to me when it comes up and tilts up. And I was like, I, it kind of looks like Packlet, but not really. So. I think they've done the Packlet. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what this that's is. That's why I'm not I don't think, leaning that way. I don't think it's Badgy. No. No, because why would he? Not yet. He has no reason to go to the others, so. Yeah, but who does? That's true. I don't get it. I'm not sure. I don't Maybe the space the whale probe that has been added to this season's uh, attack force can give us answers. I was wondering what that was in the opening. Thank you. <laughs> like, what is long and cylindrical? <laughs> the whale probe. That makes sense. Cool. All right. Well, uh, well, I think I think season four is off to a good start. I am enjoying the very short treks. I had a good time at Dragon Con. A lot of Star Trek stuff out there. Yeah. I uh, can't wait for this great new um set of star trek before nothing was filmed for a few months <laughs> years who knows yeah with the the writer's strike i'm glad they have all this stuff in the can and ready to share with yeah. us i i don't know what is going to be aired after this i mean discovery season five is in the can we have a, apparently a few more very short treks mm-hmm. which will not last long and they're not even on paramount no, Plus. They're, on, they're on youtube they're on star trek's youtube channel <sighs> which is great for everybody who wants to watch them but i tend to watch everything on paramount yeah. plus everything that is star trek so i was surprised when i couldn't find them they're not on the same network as short treks that was a little weird yeah but anyway i'm having a great season of star trek me too so until mr spock a blooper reel should include or should not include an in memoriam <laughs> oh, that was a hilarious <laughs> i'm gonna have to remember that well, until the next blooper reel. <laughs> oh, that was my close. I hit it. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and keep your hailing frequencies open by following us on Twitter at TransporterLock or subscribing to our podcast and email newsletter at TransporterLock.com. <laughs>